Net Tape Podcast. I'm Mr. Stromboli. And I'm Jay Probs. And today we're going to be talking about the NBA free agency and what to come up with next year. And uh, the more recent news being as well with the Big 12 and the SEC kind of, mm-hmm. I mean, I want to say combining because the, the Big 12 is getting pretty serious here. But uh, OU in Texas leaving, it's pretty big news for uh, the Big 12. So I guess we'll start over there. I yeah. first would like to say before we uh, get into like what we think the SEC or what the SEC will look like and how that will be affected. Mm-hmm. Um, those two go to SEC, right? They're saying yeah. Oklahoma State to the Big Ten. They're saying West Virginia and Notre Dame will join the ACC. They're saying Texas Tech, Iowa State. Um or uh, excuse me, Iowa State would join Oklahoma State in the Big Ten. Then Texas Tech, Kansas, Kansas State, and Baylor will join the Pac-12. This leaves out TCU. Just saying that is uh, that is what the rumors have been about. TCU yeah. is basically going to get screwed over uh, in this reality. It's going to be pretty interesting to see it watch out. But if you remember... Um, a while back when the Big 12 did first uh, kind of have its first splinter when A&M left and uh, Colorado and Missouri and uh, yeah. I forget what the other team was. Oh, Nebraska. When these guys all departed, um, when they were creating the Big 12, the gov- government forced Texas to bring Texas Tech and um, A&M along with them because of the governor's uh, cabinet or, or the people close to the governor were all people that uh, that went were alumni to those schools. So Texas was forced to bring them there or they wouldn't get government funding, which is pretty important in college. Yeah. That's going to be the biggest storyline here is, is what the government is going to do with those two teams because if TCU gets dumped, uh, the chances are Baylor is also going to get dumped. So mm-hmm. – I, I wouldn't say anybody's really safe anymore in the Big 12. Yeah, I think this just, I feel like, shows how important Texas and OU are to Big 12 and college sports as a whole. Um, yeah. Like, they bring that much money and just recognition mm-hmm. to the point where at any point, if they're just feel like, feeling like it, they can move to another conference and pretty much destroy a conference like it's it's crazy but um yeah the the big 12 is pretty much like disappearing and um yeah it's it's gonna be interesting what they do because um yeah i i feel like the conferences in big 12 like any college football conference like there hasn't been rumors this substantially of um teams leaving since probably a&m um, yeah, and I think it's, I think it's gonna put a lot of other leagues on notice because um, the SEC and could see some other big big name teams like Clemson maybe move over, and I think um, that that's gonna kind of create this um, this tension for sure between teams and um, the conferences. Yeah, I a hundred percent agree, and. Um, I I don't I I don't think anybody else will make the move. 
unfortunate, unfortunately, because uh, it would make it really interesting to see like a team like Clemson over there. I don't think number one it would happen because, uh, I mean, it would be so tough for for Clemson, yeah. who, who's already an easy path to the playoff. Um, I think Oklahoma and Texas sat down together and said, "We can win the conference every year, and we can get uh, and the SEC." can take two of our spots on any given year. If you remember, Oklahoma was the four seed, right, against Alabama, yeah, uh, against LSU, and I think uh, one more time, but more recently, it was those two teams uh, that they had to play against. But both times, I think Georgia won both the East, both sides, both times, and, mm-hmm. and they had the same record as Oklahoma, just not the conference championship. And there was vivid debates on whether Oklahoma really deserved to make the playoffs, and and I believe one of the years they quite frankly did it. Um, and, and Georgia deserved to be in there over them. But yeah. I think that sitting in the back of the Oklahoma and Texas, because I mean, I know Texas hasn't been exactly where they are the past few years as they were back in the early 2010s and uh, mm-hmm. 2013 and when they made that run. But I think Texas still knows like we could go out there, we could win, we could still get kicked out by these guys. They're right next to us. And I think that's what started the eventual inevitable for the Big 12 because these rumors have been dating back uh, since since, uh, so long, like six, seven years. This is the first time we've actually seen it been acted upon, though. Mm -hmm. And I think one of your points that I like to jump off of is like if Texas or OU, if they come second um, to Alabama, they are – guaranteed or pretty close to guaranteed a college playoff spot because it's usually one or two sec teams that make the college playoffs every single time yeah so if if you think about that then the second team whether it be georgia who's made it multiple times as the second team lsu alabama they've made it both as first and second teams in sec and i think that's what texas ou are aiming at like if we can solidify ourselves in the SEC, get that second spot underneath Alabama, we're guaranteed pretty much to be in the college football playoffs. If we play well enough against everyone else, um, they're pretty much guaranteed into the college football playoffs every single yeah. year. And, and I will say a, a lot of people at home are probably saying, hey, the a- ACC sent two teams to the playoffs last year in Notre mm-hmm. Dame and Clemson. But what I have to say in that is, uh, one – Notre Dame was in the ACC uh, for one year because of COVID. Yeah. They were struggling to find opponents. And two, I don't think you're going to see both those teams go undefeated again. And if they do, Notre Dame not having the conference championship and Oklahoma and uh, excuse and me, uh, the Pua, the Oregon, I believe, won the Pac-12. Both of them yeah. had two losses, and and that's what ultimately sent. Uh, Notre Dame into the playoffs, mm-hmm. and and one and more along thing, with their like, win against Clemson early. Yeah, that, I want to I want to go off that. Yeah, because they had Lawrence was under COVID protocol, so yeah, if he's back, they're most likely losing that, and they're out of the college football playoffs. So you have to have some crazy, pretty crazy circumstances if two teams from the ACC are going to make it. Yeah, because they took Clemson with their backup quarterback, took them to overtime. Yeah, and exactly. Notre Dame was was pretty close to full strength. So, I mean, last year mm-hmm. was, was a year of miracles. But I will say, if if 
I know the CFP committee and the CFP in general are pretty keen on keeping it like as it is, like uh, mm-hmm. yeah. with the fourteen playoff. If it were to cold, I would imagine two of those spots would be reserved for the SEC. Like I, I can't imagine it going any other way. Um, yeah. Otherwise, I think that the uh, I the conference will. I but I ultimately I will I do believe that the by that time we'll have an extended playoffs. I think twelve teams is is what we're looking at. I don't believe they'll hold till eight. Unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think yeah, it's. I mean, I've heard rumors, of course, but like, yeah, it's it doesn't seem likely. Yeah, I I I wish the eight team format would be tried out, mm-hmm. but I think the athletic directors and the coaches, which are going to be the people that are sitting in the committee at the end of the day, yeah, those guys are keen on twelve teams, which would send the first four teams, which I would assume would be SEC conference champion Clemson, because if they yeah. don't win the conference, I assume it's going to be a much interesting story. So if it's Clemson yeah. or not Clemson. Um, the Big Ten champion will always be one of those. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the Pac-12 is going to do. If they add a team, I think the Pac-12, like if they add a, a Texas Tech or an Oklahoma State or an Iowa State, one of the bigger mid-tiers of the Big 12, I think it makes an interesting point for them to get yeah. one of those. But uh, otherwise, I think the second SEC team will take either the non-Clemson spot or the Pac-12 spot because there's mm-hmm. only four conferences now, so it's kind of hard to see what we're gonna see because once again these teams aren't ranked based off of like winning the division like we have in the nfl it's based off of who played the best and if i look at a one loss oklahoma or one loss texas one loss texas a&m i'd rather take that team that lost to alabama who's undefeated than the oregon team that lost to oregon state in the final game of the year Mm -hmm. and that's just the honest truth yeah, and these these um, decision makers, the uh, people who make the rankings, they they think about TV ratings. They think about making money. And would people tune in to a college playoff game if it's Alabama versus Oregon, or would they tune in if it's Alabama versus Oklahoma, Alabama versus Texas? I'm I, guaranteeing I, you, Alabama versus Texas gets a lot more viewers. I I agree. I I agree that the TV rating that Texas will get that uh, Alabama, Texas. I will disagree with the fact that they take it at a high percentage. I do think it slips into your mind. I agree with that. I don't think they take it at a high percentage because I just think Georgia that year that Oklahoma took their spot, uh, I believe versus Bama. I think a lot of people would have rather saw Georgia and Alabama. And I think Georgia having the TV rating above Oklahoma is what ended up making an argument because usually it's immediate. Mm-hmm. It's if it's a conference champion versus a non-conference champion, it's easy. But yeah. I do think they did think about it because they talked about it afterwards, mm-hmm. and and I think that also slipped into their mind. Like, how are we going to do this? And speaking of TV ratings, to jump off of that, the reason yeah. that the Big Twelve don't not do don't have these teams anymore is because you're playing Oklahoma and Texas at 11 a.m. games. These are the blue bloods of college football. They don't does they shouldn't be on eleven o'clock games and they don't want to. all year. And they yeah, they don't want these games. Yet f- five games or six games out of the nine game schedule are on at this time. And and your non conference games are gonna be more likely to be on the night games than 
than your conference games, yeah. which frustrated Oklahoma and Texas because one, it's not being viewed, so they're not getting revenue, and two, they're playing on some rinky dink channel instead of prime time sports, which I yeah. guess once again brings back the point that they're not getting revenue, and it's right. It seems right by them to to finally get out of there, and, and ultimately, like I've been saying it a lot, mm-hmm. it's, it was inevitable for the Big Twelve. Yeah, for sure. I think. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I just think the SEC. That's probably the the place with the best teams, the highest TV ratings, which seems like everyone cares about now. And um, Texas is NOU are probably going to get those marquee matchups, marquee timings as well that they um that they crave that in the Big Twelve yeah. they just weren't getting it. So they they were like enough is enough, and they decided to move on. Yeah. So one more thing before we end. I, I want to add this. I don't think we need to argue it. Uh, but ESPN is taking over the SEC. They're, mm-hmm. they're trying to. I don't know if that contract was officially official. If they do that, uh, that's pretty big for them. So they're also a winner from this whole thing. Second yeah. thing, I'm going to give you your last thoughts before we move on. I'm going to say mine first. A&M did not want this to happen. They were violently opposed Uh-huh. To yeah, Texas joining, and the and the reason for that, for anybody wondering, is, is recruiting. And and A and M's mm-hmm. been doing well in recruiting, and a lot of their things are, the recruit Texas. will say, "Well, I want to go to Texas. They're they're they have a long history of being good. They have a good culture, and number one, they're richer a lot of than money. you. Yeah, yeah. They, they have better facilities. And A and M goes, yeah, SEC, and they can turn around and walk away, and that recruit will go. Yeah, they're right. I want to play in the SEC. Um, they don't have that anymore. Mm-hmm. They don't have that card. There's no reason that you'd rather go to A&M than Texas. Yeah. And I, I do believe we're going to see an A&M that's, that was similar to what we saw in the Big 12, which was a mid-tier at their best. And at the normal pace, they're going to be fourth or fifth in the conference every single year. Um, you that that's my thoughts on it, and and it's unfortunate for them, but honestly, that's just a sad truth. Yeah, and um, if you think about it, they're going to be like the equivalent of like for people who want like references from maybe last year or something like a Texas Tech, a TCU, a Baylor kind of team because they they can't com- you can't compete with Texas for recruits if you don't have something that's unique. Yeah. And, Texas Tech had the SEC card. They could always pull that, like you were saying. And now they're pretty much identical co- uh, colleges, except that Texas is a bigger, more richer, better facilities. And um, Texas Tech is, yeah, they can't they can't pull um, quality Texas A and M. Yeah, Texas A and M. Sorry, yeah, they can't pull four four star, five star recruits from Texas because they don't have anything to offer. Yeah, I, I will say A and M. From what the looks of it, they will get to play uh, <clears throat> OU, Texas, and then mm-hmm. Arkansas, LSU, Ole Miss, and Mississippi State. So they got a favorable conference, but they will probably so lose Texas. to Texas, OU, LSU, and one of the Mississippi teams yearly, which once again pulls them down to the mid range. So even if they knock off Texas, which they did in the Big Twelve, and they knock off Oklahoma, which they have in the Big Twelve. The chances yeah. of them completing all two, both of them, and LSU, 
are not the best chances for mm-hmm. all the Aggie fans out there. That brings us into the back half of this podcast, which we will be talking about NFBA free agency. The Bulls making the biggest splash with Lonzo and DeMar DeRozan, both getting okay. added to their roster. It's a solid five. Mm-hmm. Let's start with them. It's a solid you five. Start with Bulls? Yeah. I mean, yeah. if you look at what they had before, they were a fringe playing team. You had Levine, yeah. Vucevic, and not much else. Um, yeah, I mean, Kobe so, White had a decent year, but... N- yeah, but he's more of like a six-man backup point guard guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I don't know. You, you, I think you look at these additions, and Lonzo Ball, high upside um, point guard, who's not this selfish guy who's going to take minutes or the ball from Levine or Vucevic, he's going to pass the ball and he's going to help facilitate that offense. Yeah. And then you get DeRozan, who's this veteran guy who can get you a bucket when you need it. And he's, I would say, a fringe all-star because um, I think people forget how good he was in Toronto, how good he has been in San Antonio. He's pretty much been carrying that entire offense. He carried them yeah. to the play-in. And um, I think... Uh, I think DeRozan can bring a lot to this team. And I think also one thing that most people are forgetting is that the Bulls signed Alex Caruso. And and when you think about it, he's probably not the biggest of their three signings, but um, he gives you a two-way three, yeah, two-way player who can cut. Um, as you saw in LA, he was vital to that team's defense and spacing the floor. Yeah, we saw him on the especially on the back half of uh, the LeBron uh, AD Mm -hmm. era, because I think that's officially ended, and we'll get into that. Uh, In that, whatever, two years, um, he was big, and and you saw him get closer and closer to his starting role, and eventually he had one, and he was solid. He he was consistent. I mean, I know there's been some off-season drama, but I think teams are putting that behind him, because I feel like that happens to almost every NBA player in that mid-range. Um kind of tier mid tier players but the biggest thing for for the bulls is is, is them meshing I, uh mm-hmm. i want to talk about DeRozan. also he was a forgotten star i think it's the best way to put it he he was solid it's so good and actually in san antonio uh could have been an all-star uh, i mean a lot of players got got marked off for that but he could have been uh, i think yeah. i think when you go to san antonio you get a bit forgotten forgotten Unless you're winning, yeah. Yeah, and uh, and they were a decent team last year, and, and nobody really looked their way. I will say for all the San Antonio fans that are that are upset or or sad about this, your team is very young, and your team is a very young, a, a very good team for how young they are. Yeah, the, the future got, is definitely there. Yeah, you got some stars for sure. I think Dejounte Murray for one. I think. I, yeah, I th- I'm just I think San Antonio is heading in the right direction because they need to get some lottery picks. They need to start getting some stars in the lottery, and I think yeah. DeRozan was holding them back for sure. Yeah. So take give give yourself two years before you really. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't say abandon. I'd say the fans are pretty loyal there, but uh, before yeah. you get really sad, but they're going to be in the same boat uh, as OKC. 
I don't mm-hmm. know. OKC is a little bit interesting, but we're not going to talk about that today. Um, the Bulls is going to be about chemistry. Number one. Um, I do yeah, think. I, go for it. One more. One more point on the Bulls. I think that um, you have that Levine extension coming up, and I think you have to make the case to Levine that you're committing to his success and the team's success right now. And I yeah, think by I signing agree. signing Lonzo to a big deal and bringing in DeRozan, you're doing exactly that, as well as your past trade for Vucevic. Yeah, I completely agree. He asked for urgency. The organization goes out there, signs two of the biggest stars that that are in free agency this year. Exactly. And yeah. say, how about that? How about that? And, and I, I think they've they've nailed it over with a hammer in the head. It's mm-hmm. perfect. Uh, like you said earlier, Lonzo is not the guy that's going to take points from you. He's going to pass the ball. But more importantly, is he can score. He he his his scoring has improved so much. And last year exactly. he had such an impressive year uh, for the amount of games that he played and the amount of minutes that he played. So I'm hoping he carries that over. I'm I'm rooting for the Bulls, but uh, there was yeah, also I, a, a a go for it. Final thoughts on oh, the Bulls? No, I, I'm just saying that I think the the core of this team is ever improving. Like you have Lonzo, you have Lavina. I think these are two guys that are yeah. gonna they're gonna be cornerstones of your team for a while, uh, and they're gonna just keep improving year after year after year because of how young they are and how much they potential they still have. And I think that's that's got to excite Bulls fans. Yeah, I, I agree. It, it's going to be exciting. I mean, they they, mm-hmm. they will definitely be in the playoffs. I think they were kind of on that play-in bubble with Lonzo. Yeah. But uh, with uh, DeRozan, I, I, I find it really hard. As long as they figure out how to share the ball, this should be an easy team. And, and Lonzo is going to be vital for them to share the ball in that offense. But Exactly, yeah. That brings us into another contender, though, which – is going to be the Miami Heat. I mean, we're going to shorten this up. All they did was add Lowry. The team's already been solid. They were tired last year, and I really think that's what contributed to their sweep. Mm-hmm. I think this team is good. I think this team is solid. We're going to circle back to it, so give your quick thoughts right now. Yeah, I think you add a veteran Lowry, um, PJ, two guys that can contribute immediately, and you get Depot, who's a yeah. wild card. So you're... Hopefully, you can make another run to the championship. I think all the ingredients are there, and it's just how they work out together. Yeah. All right, so we're going to switch to the West, to the Lakers specifically. We're going to talk about the West, and then we're going to come back to the East, which we'll, then we'll circle back on the Heat. So yeah, going to the Lakers, uh, Russ got added, and I said this team's winning a championship. Melo got added. I'm not so sure anymore, to be quite honest. I think he's <laughs> great. I think he's a great player, and he found his touch in Portland. But I don't think those three players can work together. I I say that because you have LeBron and AD, right? They shared yeah. the ball. They found a way. You added mm-hmm. Russ, who's a little bit of his own type of guy, and I love Russ, and, and you'll see me love Russ all throughout this podcast uh-huh. uh, if you listen at all. Um, he's good, but I think they added him because – one, LeBron does not have to work as hard every possession. He can pass the exactly. ball to another option, and Russ likes to do that work. He likes to get down, play physical, and then. But you also have Melo now, who does kind of he he complements Russ 
I don't know if he can complement AD and LeBron because Russ does that work, and they 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 worked it in OKC, but they didn't work it very well. I'll say yeah. that because because they they made the playoffs, they lost. Um, but mm, Russ I, found I, the way to get the ball to Carmelo. I don't know if you can yeah. LeBron can dump it off to Russ and say you do it. And then Russ passes to Carmelo, and Carmelo gets into some sort of pickle, and then it goes back to Braun, and Braun's back to doing the work. I, I don't know. I, I don't know how that's going to work, to be honest. Yeah, I think, I think Russ he he can add that point guard aspect, dish it off, attack the hole, like you said, and take the load off LeBron maybe when he sits or something. But Melo, I feel like he's become an ISO score something. Yeah, an yeah. ISO scorer who who can score in spurts when you need him, and um, how how much scoring is he really going to be doing in LA? Because you have Russ who's going to take who's going to be pretty much initiating the offense. Yeah, and then you have to get LeBron and AD their minutes, and how much is left for Melo and the rest of the team? Because um, those three guys that I just mentioned they take up a lot of ball time hold, yeah like dribbling the ball holding agree. the ball yeah and um i think that's going to be the predicament Melo's going to be in how how much does he want the ball and how much is he going to really get the ball yeah i completely agree ball ball time was was what i was looking for there um mm-hmm. when i when i was just kind of talking about it i think the biggest thing is is Melo gonna be a baby because they benched him in yeah. uh in houston and he said, no, I'm retiring. I, I will never play on the bench. He is yeah. going to sit on the bench for, for numerous parts because I think what made him so good in Portland was Damon McCollum working hard, going hard, then Damon McCollum going, you know what? Let's take a break this possession, dump it to Melo, everybody clear out. Nobody yeah, does he- that on, in Los Angeles. And like you said, somebody is going to have to take some sort of cut. Mm-hmm. Off their min, off their off their points, off their rebounds, and I know Russ won't because he's gonna go get it. I know yeah. LeBron won't because he's, he's the LeBron. best player in basketball right now, and I know AD's not taking a load off either because he's so young. I mean, I think yeah. people forget about that how young he is, and and at the end of the day, you're gonna cut somebody somebody's minutes. It, it's gonna be mellow, and and yeah, I, I really wonder how mellow is gonna react to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you have two arguably top five players in LeBron and AD. You have a yeah. MVP in Russ, and then Melo, he's kind of cut out of that group because he, I feel like if he becomes maybe like a spot-up shooter or something like that, he can bring something. But the team isn't going to initiate the offense around him because he just they don't have enough time and they don't have – more balls to give him and i think that's that's we just keep saying it but i think that's going to be the issue um i i think if he can take advantage of those times when it's just him and russ on the floor i think maybe it could work out because um russ can facilitate the ball he he attacks and then maybe dishes it off to mellow and he takes advantage of that one-on-one opportunity if it's there and i think Maybe they can work it out like that, but um, it's it's going to be interesting to see how they work when um, LeBron and AD and Russell Westbrook and Carmelo, because that that's going to be your four of your starting five. Because um, 
you're not benching Russ. And as we said, Melo doesn't like to be benched. So yeah. it's going to be interesting. How do, you, how do you play with those four guys They're in crunch time? Because that's going to be your lineup that you're going to throw out there. Yeah, one more thing before we move to big picture. And and uh I'm gonna we're I mean we're trying to wrap it up. Number one. Yeah. I heard this the other day. I thought it was the most interesting idea. Mm-hmm. Putting Russ and Melo on a second team with the core that the Lakers already have and keeping LeBron and AD with the lineup they have. I think that's a great idea. I don't think it will happen. But I do think it's a great idea because if LeBron and AD can work with what they got, which they didn't really lose much. They gained Dwight yeah. Howard as well. And uh, they can go into a game. They're down by like three points. And boom, the subs start sorting in. The rotation starts. You add Russ yeah, and Carmelo fresh to play seven minutes or eight minutes a quarter. Or what is, I mean, excuse me, like six minutes a quarter. Yeah. Um, and take LeBron out, give him some rest a few games a year. Then I, I think that that should be an interesting plot line. Two. Mm-hmm. The point that I wanted to go into detail about, besides this, because I wanted to add this, you look back on the season, by the way, there is a lot of tampering with Russell Westbrook by the Lakers. Yep. I don't think people noticed it. The pictures have come out. There, There is a lot, and it's mm-hmm. quite funny. Um, the second thing I wanted to talk about was load management, because none of these yep. players, I think AD might be the only one. LeBron has never, ta- never takes a game off unless he's yeah. hurt. And neither does Russ. Russ doesn't either. So, once again, it kind of screws Carmelo. I know we already talked about mm-hmm. it. Last thing, these are my final thoughts, then we'll go to you. Um, mm-hmm. All the Washington fans that are sad, Westbrook asked the organization, uh, this has come out, that he didn't ask them, but he implied, are we doing anything? And when the Wizards kind of just sat around and shuffled their feet, he's like, okay, that's enough for me. I'm out. So I don't think he kind of screwed Bradley Beal. I think both of them kind of knew like this thing's going nowhere. Cause I don't think Washington yeah. thought they could, uh, by any means land DeMar DeRozan, which would be the only kind of thing they could do. Your final but, thoughts. Yeah. I think just, I'm going to talk about the wizards. Cause I think we've already talked about the Lakers enough, but I think you get a young guy in Kuzma who might develop as players who get off the lakers do like lonzo brandon ingram and you have some young guys as well you got rui hachimura you got um denny avia you got draft picks so i think you've got young stars that you can build around um bradley beal and um i think if it doesn't work out bradley beal i mean there's a few tweets that he's been sending that maybe um implies that he's not staying in washington but um either way your future is bright because if you get rid of Bradley, you got stockpile of young guys, young picks. And if you don't, you still have a decent amount of young guys and young picks. So I think Washington is a decent position. Yeah, I, w- I will say I feel bad for Bradley Beal. But to be honest, yeah. there's nowhere for him to go. Yeah. Uh, and we'll talk about that in big picture because as we let's, let's use this as a transition. To be honest, top five teams in the West – the only team I could see him going to, like uh, I don't, I don't think they have the cap room for it. But the only team that could possibly clear it out are the Mavericks, because I don't think the Clippers do, can do it. The Warriors, nobody's talking about them. They're back. Mm-hmm. They can't do it. They've never been able to do anything with uh, Clay and Steph's contracts and Draymond's. 
The Suns yeah. can't do it with the uh, the new contract. The Lakers, I don't know how they even pulled off Russ. You look mm-hmm. at the other side, Nets can't, Bucks can't, Hawks maybe. But I can, doubt that. But I don't think they want they to really ruin... give up that much, yeah. Yeah, I don't think they want to ruin what they have. And and their core their whole team is young. Is, is young and they drafted those te- that team. Almost yep. the whole team except for Capella. So I think the Hawks are so set on we took what Philly said and we actually executed it, which I think yeah. they're kind of shoving that in their face. The Heat can't do it anymore. The Bulls was a location. Um, can't do yeah, it. Yeah, but they I mean, can't, yeah. I mean, maybe a Ben Simmons trade? I, I find that highly unlikely as well. So yeah, it, it just sucks because he wants to win. Those are the teams that would win with him. I mean, you, you say Utah and Denver, but I don't I don't think either one. Maybe Denver. Denver yeah, might be interesting, but I don't think Utah it, can. Yeah, I, I think what really packs my interest is that Denver, because you think about it, they have some young guys. They got Bobo, a few guys that they took took in the draft a few years ago. Maybe if they're willing to, they throw in Michael Porter Jr. And if you think about that squad, you have Jamal Murray, Bradley Beal, and Jokic. Like, that's... Yeah, one of the highest scoring offenses that we're gonna probably ever see, and you have questions about their defense, but um, we had questions about the uh, Brooklyn defense as well, and um, exactly, it wasn't that much of a problem come mm-hmm. playoff time. So, I think Denver is a dark horse candidate maybe to land Bradley Beal. Yeah, I, I would definitely wasn't thinking about it because I I said uh Beal he he can't go anywhere but when you really think about kind of those edge teams but what I think was going to be most interesting in the as we kind of see the big picture here yeah is who in the west is going to get the seven seed because look right now we got our top five in Lakers Suns Warriors Clippers and Mavericks in no apparent order but that's Mm -hmm. pretty close to what it is um Utah will have to replicate exactly what they did last year to even be in that conversation Wait, well, you you can jump in on that because I know you you, you feel strongly about yeah, that. Yeah, I, I think. And hold um, on, hold on. Denver is also going to be in there, but that means one of those teams out of the five, seven I just said, one of them will be in the play-in game. Think about mm-hmm. that. And all of those teams should be playoff teams. Jump in on Utah, go for it. Yeah, I, I think you have Donovan Mitchell, bona fide star. Uh, Mike Conley, who I know before we started this, you had doubts about if he can. Um, replicate that all yeah. all-star but i think if you look at him playing in memphis he was fringe all-star there like he he was close to making the all-star games a few times in memphis and sure he's gone older but i think he doesn't have to do as much scoring as he did in memphis and he can really play as that um point guard role where he can score if he if he wants to if he needs to but he also has different options and i think him Mitchell Gobert and then also Clarkson. I think Clarkson has been Clarkson, yeah, underrated. Yeah, yeah, I think he's been underrated. And I think sixth man of the year just shows how good he is because he's been coming off the bench and he's been scoring lights out pretty much. And I think you also look um you have these wing guys also, like you have Ingles, Bogdanovich, and I've been hearing their names are going around the rumor mill and if you can maybe get something for them, I mean, I know they're going to be, they're 
they were impactful to this team. But let's say you trade it to Golden State maybe for Moody, for Kuminga, someone like that, maybe Wiseman. Yeah. Then if let's just say they trade it for Moses Moody, you get a young impact scorer who can play behind Donovan Mitchell, and you get Clarkson and Moody coming off the bench. And I think this team has enough offensive power exactly with, yeah. with Mitchell who can take over a game pretty much and then you have Gobert on defense and they can just figure out everything from him and I think I think Utah I think if they can I think they have the coaching and they have the talent to make another run I mean maybe not first but ar- around that maybe second third fourth yeah area I, I, I agree to a point let me jump mm-hmm. in um I will say though Moses Moody and and Jonathan, how do you say his name? Kaminga, Kaminga, yeah. solid players, and and they just mm-hmm. added them to the super team. So yeah. the Warriors are dangerous. But to the Utah Jazz, I think they have one of the best teams on on paper, and mm-hmm. I think there's no doubt about it. Yeah, and I will say this: there's a reason that they found a way to lose to the Clippers, and I said it in that way because. It felt like they let their foot off the gas just a little. Yep. And they they had that series in their hands, and and the Clippers just found a way, which they shouldn't have, but that happened. End of story. Can't do anything about it. What yeah. I was saying about Mike Conley is, he had a hell of a year, and he can replicate a, a Memphis season. I agree with that. I will say that this. The NBA is a lot tougher this year with with yep. basically no COVID and, and, and a lot stronger teams than we saw last year, which I think will affect the Jazz a little bit. I mean, they had a number one overall seed. They had an easier first round. I do yeah, think they're think capable they of making the run. I mm-hmm. don't know if they have the stamina to make the run. That's what scares me, and that's why I have them lower in my head. I want to see them in the first 30 games of the season next year. And I think that will tell you everything you need to know about the team on how legit they are. Cause I, yeah. I agree with you. I think they have a great team on paper, but I want to see what you're going to do against a dog fight of a year. Cause that, cause that's what it's going to be. Every team can beat you except for the bottom, maybe eight. Yeah. But other than that, every single team can come at your throat on any day especially if they're uh, the star on the team just has a, a year. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it sucks because that, that should be a, a potential champion, but that's a team that we have marked on as like an 11th or 10th or 9th best team. And they ideally yeah. you would want them to be a top five team with what they've got. And I think they can be. If, if they yeah. play their cars right, they can be a, a top five team. But – uh I think it depends on how good the how good um, Snyder does, and I mean, exactly. I, I expect yeah. him to do a good job, but I mean, nothing you can't can't really expect anything in the um, in the NBA now. So uh, yeah, yeah, it's gonna be one hell of a playoffs. It's gonna uh-huh, be one hell right. of a year. I, I want to see it, and I, I honestly want to mm-hmm. see it. I'm I'm rooting for the Jets. I hope they prove me wrong, because yeah. they they definitely can do it. There's no uh-huh. doubt. And going off your other question about who's going to be in that number seven spot uh, in the West, I think maybe a 
be the surprise here might be the Clippers. I yeah, think they can be I a playoff spot. I, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I agree with that. I I think teams kind of let off the intimidation factor when they play the Clippers. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think you watch last year's playoffs and it's hard to, to get that intimidated by Terrence Mann and Reggie Jackson again. So to be honest, yeah. those guys are going to have to have one hell of a year to keep that team afloat. I think it's going to be a toss-up between the bottom four, which I would say are the 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 bottom four out of the seven, which are the Clippers, Nuggets, Mavericks, and, and Jazz. But I really yeah. think it's going to be between Denver and the Clippers, to be quite frank. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And also, one more thing is how how well do we think Clay Thompson is going to play? Like, we haven't seen this guy play in two years almost. And he's coming off a pretty brutal injury. And I, I'm not saying that he's going to suck now, but uh, he he could he could not be as good as he was when the Warriors were winning championships. And I think that... Uh, I think that maybe that drops the Warriors' stock a bit. But... Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I think the Warriors are kind of an unknown team for me because uh, you have Steph and you have Draymond, and that's about it. I, I would agree with. Uh, yeah, I would agree with that. But I would have to say, I don't think they're getting enough attention. I I I, I don't think we know what we're going to see out of Clay. And I agree. I mean, coming yeah. off back to back injuries, it's, it's going to be tough to get all the way back to where you were. But I do think. He's going to have some sort of form where, at worst, he, he's making about 75% of the shots he used to. I still think yeah, that and makes them a contender. Yeah, and you can't just forget shooting, right? Yeah. And I think Kalei Thompson has one of the purest forms. And I think I think his shooting is going to be there, but like the other intangibles that he brings, his defense going to be there, maybe his scoring off the dribble. Yeah. And I think that's, that's where the questions start to come in. And then you look at the rest of the roster, Kaminga, He's, solid. yeah, he's solid, but he's also a devent- developmental project. He's not going to contribute right away. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Same thing with Moody. He, I, well, I think Moody he can kind of replicate that Clay Thompson. He because he's a off the uh, off the pass shooter, and I think that's something the Warriors can use. But uh, yeah, I think Wiseman and Kaminga and Clay are probably the three biggest question marks. Can can they contribute? And if so, I mean. I'd have them challenging the Lakers. Yeah. As the best team in the West. Yeah. And Andrew Wiggins, another guy that everybody's kind of throwing off oh, a yeah. little bit. And, <laughs> and he's he's back. So, I mean, yeah. uh, the coaching there has been phenomenal. I will say that because Wiggins yeah. was kind of like a nobody heading in there. He, he was something, mm-hmm. but not much. But, man, the NBA is in for a reckoning with those kids because – they they not only have their old core, they have, they a, have new a new core yeah. that's coming. And and Wiseman, mm-hmm. Moody, and, and Kaminga. If you put those three guys, and you told me, hey, I'm gonna put these guys on like, like OKC, I would say OKC is gonna be a contender in four years and three three or four years. So I mean, mm-hmm. oh, it, it, it's scary to be quite yeah. honest. One thing to leave you guys off with as we end this episode: Detroit Pistons picked up. K. Cunningham, right? Yep. They also picked up Luke Garza mm-hmm. in their draft in the second round. 
Yeah. I don't know. I mean, uh, who's the third? They had one more guy that was solid. Oh, yeah, Livers, um... <clears throat> the guy from Michigan. Uh, oh yeah, um, mm-hmm. Isaiah Livers. Isaiah Livers. Yep. He's solid as well. I don't yeah. know. You give those guys three years to play together, you may be but, looking at a, a decent team. But I think believing that, believing that Cunningham is what he is, yeah, and Garza will have to re- uh, find his form because he was yeah, a threat I, in college. But I also think, I don't know how much time Garza is going to get because you have in Detroit, you already have um, Grant. You have Grant, and you also have um, what's their name. The two uh, um, first and second all rookie teams. Uh, I for, I'm forgetting their names, but they're front court center guys, and um, Sadiq Bay and um, yeah, I was gonna say Sadiq Bay. I don't, I don't the Jack. um, I think Joseph? Stewart. Oh, Isaiah Stewart. Yeah, Isaiah Stewart. I think yeah. those two guys are also gonna be taking minutes. And uh, how much time is? Um, Luke Gar is actually going to have to perform, yeah. and I think he's kind of a that more bus props prospect. I mean, he he could turn into something pretty pretty great, but um, again, this isn't the this isn't college basketball. He's going to be playing against stronger and faster guys, which is yeah. pretty much what what he relied on. I think it would be also insane to think uh, if Derrick Rose and Blake Griffin. Held yeah, on. we're still on that team. Yeah. Oh man, that would be dangerous. But mm-hmm. that pretty much wraps up today. I mean, I, I think I think that yeah. Pistons team's gonna be interesting if they play their cards right, if they give themselves another year of kind of developing. Yeah. I wonder what we can see from them. But that wraps up today's episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure you check out our social medias on Instagram, Twitter, uh halftime bleacher report. Yep. Um check out our website at rewindthattape.com this week. We already posted an article about the Bulls. Uh, Probs, what's yours going to be about? Oh, uh, yeah. We got one about Damian Lillard, you know, trade opportunities. He's still out yeah. there. If anyone forgot about all that rumors. But, um, yeah, I think uh, we we still have the articles. Uh, the website's still going strong. Uh, even if the podcast may not be as consistent as we would like it. Yeah. But um, I think, uh, yeah, you, you go check out the website. You've got some great articles there. We'll see you guys on the next one. Thanks so much.